is The MS Show, the weekly podcast for people impacted by multiple sclerosis and home of the MS Action Takers. I'm Bron Webster and I've been living with MS over 25 years. Together with MS experts and real life people with MS, I'll be sharing tips and stories that will help when the MS gets real and inspire you to be an MS action taker and get in charge of your MS life. Hello. Hi. Hi, Cav. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. It's nice to meet you. You too. You too. What time is it there? It's 10.15. Okay. Yeah. What time is it there? 3.15. Okay, okay. So 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. So five hours difference. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too (laughs) bad. No. I just sort of read what you're doing and you're sort of mm-hmm. representing MS for the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> we um we actually have, in Trinidad, we have a couple of groups that are MS groups, but since I've started doing what I'm doing, I have not gotten through with any of them. <laughs> so I don't know what is going on, if it is, they're just not functioning right now or what, but I've message there's three of them in trinidad three ngos in trinidad i've messaged all three and no response from anybody really yeah i wonder i don't know how how um how's covid affecting well right now we are in lockdown for lockdown our cases are the highest they have been since it has started last year and we get in the highest number of deaths and stuff so it's pretty bad right now yeah yeah um so maybe nobody's doing any work in the in the well, MS groups. I guess possibly that's it. Yeah. Um everything has moved online as much as possible, but yeah, there's been a, a a drop in productivity and everything, I think. I think so. I think so. So uh, how have you got a vaccination program in We we do. I haven't gotten it as yet though. But we, okay. it just started rolling out maybe within the last month. And we have probably like 50,000 people vaccinated right now. Okay. I'm hoping to get, get it soon. <laughs> yeah. So whereabouts are you? You're at Trinidad and Tobago? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's in the Caribbean. Yeah. So I've not been to that island. I went and I stayed in, oh gosh. Dominica, okay, which is a tiny island, and yeah. I've been to Saint Lucia, nice. but well, never Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> you've been to more islands than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it's Have beautiful. Gotten? Have you gotten the vaccine yet? I've had my first dose. Okay. Yeah, um, because I know um, I heard someone expressing interesting an ms patient actually from trinidad but she's wondering about the side effects and if it is it, it, we could take it with the ms so. i think it's def- i think it's definitely worthwhile taking it um 
what I my experience is probably different to other people's, but what it did for me, um, the 24 hours after I had the the jab, mm-hmm. um, it I got what I did was I almost went back to my previous relapse. Okay. It was just a weird thing and it lasted for me for three days. So um, the relapse was three years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was quite a long time ago. And it just, you know, it just meant that I couldn't really walk and Mm -hmm. my function of my hands and everything was really poor. Uh, And I just slept a lot. So it's just, I just wrote off three days. (laughs) Okay. So, but the the definite the advice that's out there mm-hmm. in the UK is definitely to take it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, an MS relapse versus potentially dying from COVID. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. So yeah. do you want to, you want to get yours? Yes. Yes, definitely. I would mm-hmm. like to. And I think I understand how it affected you though, because when, when anything happens with my body, like if I get an infection, the past symptoms would resurface when your body weak. Yeah. So I'm guessing yeah. that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it was. And I think the way that um my body reacted was to deal with it as an invasion like an infection. Yes, exactly. And I guess that, but that's what it is because it, it would be the virus they put in. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what happens with the next when I get the next jab. Um, next. Because that's which, supposed to be, it's supposed to bring more um, issues. It's like and those. <laughs> I'll see. Yeah. Well, there are so many different types as well um, mm-hmm. of vaccination. Which so one did depends. you get? I got the AstraZeneca, the one that right. was developed in Oxford. Well, that is the one we have available here. That is yeah. the only one we actually have. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think some people in the UK are getting the Pfizer mm-hmm. vaccination as well. And I think the Pfizer vaccination probably deals with, you know, the different variations. Okay. And there's lots of new variants coming out. I think the Pfizer one can uh, deal with more variations in the gene in the genes the mutations um, yeah mm-hmm. so so that's covid mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a great yeah so you've got two kids yes i do a seven-year-old and a four-year-old oh okay so I, so are they at school at home are you schooling i have actually taken them out of school so mm-hmm. I am homeschooling now yeah okay you, yeah. but you didn't do that because of COVID you just made a decision to homeschool it was partly because of COVID because schools in Trinidad closed since last year since March last year yeah. so we yeah. were doing the online schooling but my kids are not responding well to the online so and I'm a teacher as well for years I've been a teacher so I've it's something I've always thought about, so I decided to finally make the decision and homeschool them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And is that working out better? Yes, actually, it is. is for all of us, for all of us, because it's easy on me because I don't have to follow the schedule with 
with the government school. Yeah. So yeah. we work on our time. If I'm not feeling too well in the morning, we work in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's working out better. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a good, a good compromise to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about um, your sort of MS journey. And it sounds as though you and I might have some similarities because you've had probably every symptom yeah at some time or another which I have mm-hmm. as well um okay. so you were diagnosed really young weren't you when you were 18 yeah I was 18 yeah and that was the most that was, that was the worst relapse actually I was paralyzed for about three or four months on half of my body so my right side was completely paralyzed and wow. over the few months I did a lot of different yeah, I did a lot of um, vitamin therapies and I recovered. The only MS, the only drug we had to help MS at that time was steroids. That's it. <laughs> and it's only a few years later, they got, um, they got one of the injections, uh, the beta interferon. And when I was offered it, I declined because it said, I think it wasn't advised to have children while you are on it. So I didn't want to put myself in that position. Mm. Um, so I don't take any of the MS drugs, never have, other than the steroids. And after the first year, I stopped using the steroids as well. So I just treat myself with vitamins and that's it. I've been partially blind. <laughs> I've dealt with bladder issues. Well, mobility issues, my hand, my right hand still has tremors, but um, I'm managing pretty well, pretty well. Yeah. I did did, um, a stem cell treatment 10 years after I was diagnosed. Okay. Yeah. And that has helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've not talked, I haven't talked to many people that have had the stem cells. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I've seen a couple of stories that are really positive. Yeah. And they're looking at trying to bring it sort of more front line, aren't they, with um, when people are, are sort of diagnosed, they're looking whether or not they mm-hmm. can get people treated with it a lot earlier. Yeah. Uh, I think you're brave doing it, though. At the time, honestly, it was a tough decision because it's very expensive mm-hmm. and we had no guarantees because it was so controversial. That's, that's actually 10 years ago. So even the research was limited at the time. So the decision was literally continue getting sick or try. <laughs> so we tried, <laughs> yeah, and it, it worked out really better. Honestly, if I could do another stem cell treatment, because I know that things are getting a little bit worse now with my body, if I could do another one, I would, to it in a heartbeat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still well, in I'm still in contact with the people who did the therapy and stuff. And you know, we, we talk from time to time. So as soon as finances are able, I, I will be doing another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's always oh, a challenge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's really good. Really good to hear that one you took the <laughs> you took the risk to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and two, you got a really good result on the back of it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So do you talk to lots of people about uh, how you manage your MS? Initially, no. It was, <laughs> I a, it was a secret. Not a secret, but after I did my stem cell, I was functioning really well and I got a new job, a new teaching job, and I did not tell my employers I had MS at all because it never affected my work. I mm. was working, I was never really sick anymore, so it didn't need to come up. But in the past year, with the stress of COVID, my symptoms started relapsing. And that is when I started to actually be a little more public with what was going on. In Trinidad and Tobago, honestly, most people don't even know what MS is. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I started with the my um my website. I started writing about it. So I started sharing on social media, and I was shocked at the response. People are very supportive, <laughs> and they are encouraging. So it has given me a big boost to continue with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm actually finishing up my book right now. It's in the the preparation stages to be published officially. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. So it, it's a different perspective because MS in the Caribbean, it, it would be a completely different story to what you all will deal with, like in the UK and other parts of the world. Yeah. 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 It will be a real, uh, I think, a real eye opener. <laughs> so you've got a book coming out, you write your blogs. Yeah. Um, what other things are you involved in then? Because you're obviously a busy lady. <laughs> well, I try to hike. <laughs> I try to hike. Um, actually, right now, our Ministry of Sports has a 70-mile challenge to walk 70 miles to, by August 31st. That's our Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> now with the lockdown, I'm not going out as much, so... I haven't walked much this week, actually, but I'll get back to it. I have some time. I have four months to complete it. Is it gradual? Yes. 70 yes, miles. Yes, it's a yes. sort of a cumulative thing that you're doing. Yes. It okay. Does. Yeah. I'm in, I'm doing something at the moment. It's called the May 50K. And so that's to do during May 50 kilometers. In the, one month? In one month. Wow. It's the target. Um but you can do it with a team of people. And that's through something called the MS International Federation. So they, they're global. Mm-hmm. That's a global thing. Um, and I'm doing it, but I'm rubbish at fundraising. So I tend to do it more just so that I can do it as a personal exercise thing. Okay, nice. Because <laughs> I struggle to ask people to contribute. Me too, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too definitely yeah um, last year when I started relapsing I was having relapses maybe like every week as soon as like, I started getting over one something else with it I was down a lot and I started using some tablets laminine it is actually something that works with your body's own stem cells mm-hmm. to repair it the, the people that did the stem cell actually recommended it, and but it's expensive, and I had to use very high dosage, and it was, and I wasn't working at the time. 
But when I actually put my story out there, people actually contributed. And I was, I was shocked, but it was very nice. But on a normal basis, no, I am not good at asking for help. <laughs> yeah. But you, really, you obviously really needed it. I did. I was really scared at the time because my, my kids are so small and my husband, he was working straight right through the, the pandemic because he's a police officer. So I had to be the one to take care of them. So I needed to get myself back. I think if you're, if you're the person with MS who's also got first primary responsibility for small children, mm-hmm. so difficult. Um, my daughter's 13. And so she understands now um, and she can look after herself. But I think four and seven they need so much of your time, don't they? <laughs> Constant. <laughs> it is yeah. so such a difficult time. Whereas I can, to a certain extent, leave my little girl. She's not little. <laughs> She's as tall as me. Um, but I can leave her and she will do her homework and she help with the washing or whatever I needed to help with. Um, but it's really hard being the pr- primary carer, isn't it? Yes, it, it is, it is. But the same thing, I'm, I'm growing up, my kid's very independent. So if I have a really bad day and I'm on bed most of the day, they can handle feeding themselves, you know, simple things yeah, like yeah. cereal, they can make a sandwich, they can do little things for themselves. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. My husband helps out a lot as well, so um, I handle things. But is is he working shifts as well if he's in the police? Yes, he works shifts. So it actually is a good thing in a sense because he's home a lot during the daytime. So Mm. when he has to work in the night, well, I just have to put them to bed. (laughs) That's not bad. He's actually on holidays right now for four months. I'm so happy. (laughs) He's on holiday for four months? For four months, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my word. (laughs) Yeah, so... It means less cooking for me, less everything for me. (laughs) Absolutely. So, and so I'm just, I I had to look at your, um, your life, Cav's life. Um, I looked at your website and you said that you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. So So tell what's that all about? Well, I don't work any, anything full time. Even with my teaching, I teach a few days for the week for a couple of hours. Um, I started doing an online business sales, but with COVID again, that shut down because to get supplies and stuff was difficult. So, and I don't want to be out there. I used to actually go do my deliveries on my own drive and do my deliveries. Now I, I don't because it's more risk. So. That yeah, stuff. Yeah. So now I'm focusing on my 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 book and my blog and see if that could turn into something that could bring a source of income for me. That's really good. Yeah. So was this was the business where you were delivering things? Was it like a direct sales business? I was um I was reselling Victoria Secrets and Fat and Body Works and yeah perfumes. Yeah. 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 So um. <laughs> So similar similar companies exist, and I think that business model is so perfect for people that have got a chronic illness. Yeah, yeah. because you can really go with the the ups and the downs. Yes, exactly. 
So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm restructuring my life to basically fit with my MS more. Yeah. Because yeah. before I tried to ignore the MS and just do everything I could. <laughs> and when I was down, I just was down completely. But now I realize I need to be more bending, you know, constantly adjusting to what is going on. So I'm yeah, structuring yeah. life like that now. Yeah, redesign, redesigning that, that that MS life, isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. Have you, have you changed your priorities, do you think? Yes, completely. <laughs> um, money is not my priority anymore. <laughs> it is yeah, simply yeah. to live as long as I can, as well as I can, um, spending time with my kids, devoting my time and energy to them, that is my priority now yeah having ms is rubbish however i don't know if you're like me i think i prefer me as i am now me too i've said it before just like you said it i have said it before the person i became when i had to deal with ms i am happy for the experience because i was not a strong go-getter type of person i was happy to be in the background now I'm very vocal I'm very <laughs> independent I you know put my put my life out there put everything out there it, it has changed me completely completely has it yeah <laughs> completely yeah and and that's the thing when we when we sit and look at gains of having MS and the losses of having MS mm-hmm. I've gained more than I've lost because I've lost maybe material things like a good career, mm-hmm. which I've given up, and I might have lost some friends because I'm not able to be as busy mm-hmm. as I was. I've lost being able to run. But then when I look at all the gains that I've had, yeah, and just the slowing down and appreciating life, it You've makes such more. a difference. <laughs> I have. I've gained more, and I think when you're earlier in the sort of the journey mm-hmm. of having diagnosed having that diagnosis I think it's a really difficult point isn't it when you're it yeah. all feels so so negative and everything's happening to you yeah and then there comes that point when you can step back and look at things and think mm-hmm. hmm, actually this is all right yeah that does actually one of the big reasons I've started doing what I'm, I'm doing right now, because in my early days of diagnosis, everything was negative. Down to the doctors were telling me, yeah, you'll never walk again. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually starting A-levels, Cambridge A-levels. I was in doing that at the time. And my parents were asking, you know, I write with my right hand how I would be able to do my exam and the doctor seemed to be like exam <laughs> what you talking about she she she's paralyzed you know and it was so negative and I mean I still I wrote my exam I did not write it with my hands but I typed Cambridge actually made um, certain arrangements with the school and I had an invigilator sit with me in a computer lab and I typed for my exams and it's some, there are so many things out there that can help. And I think we need some positive 
story here for the Caribbean because yeah. it's not, it is not the end. An MS diagnosis is not the end. With my PH, actually, I've had a lot of people reach out with autoimmune diseases, not just MS, because it's the same thing. There are no stories there to give you hope. And I'm realizing there's a lot of people here that they need it, they need something to, I get messages all the time, actually. Hey. Yeah. So you're like a chronic illness celebrity. <laughs> yes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting way to put it, yeah. No, that is that is brilliant. Yeah. And it makes you it makes you feel good as well if you're yes. able to help people. Help. Yeah. Yeah. That's always been me. I've always been a helpful type of person. And but in terms of illness, I've always shied away because it's it's difficult for me to connect with people and talk to them, you know, because I deal with so much. But now it's so much easier to give them the encouragement. As I say, coming out on the other side of it. Yeah. I still have yeah. it, but, you know, we can see it from a different way now. Yeah. yeah. I like to talk about it as if you've had a wound. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've had, maybe you've had surgery and you've, had, you've been sliced open and gradually the wound starts to knit together. Mm-hmm. And it starts off as this purple, really visible wound while your skin's getting all back together. But eventually you get to the point where it's a scar. It's no longer a wound. And at that point, when it's that scar, when you're coming and you're talking from the scar, that's when it's really powerful because then you can talk about your journey. Yeah, rather than the despair Mm -hmm. that sits that sits with having um, having a wound or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so that's I think ultimately everybody gets to that point, don't they, where they can look back at things. Yeah, Uh, that's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, and. It's quite difficult to talk to people at the early points mm-hmm. and instill that hope because actually sometimes people don't even want to keep hearing the positive messages because yeah. they think it's too positive for them. They can't see how they can get there. Yeah. Or for us here, yeah. well, with me, with me, when I was going through the, the bad parts of it, when you hear the positive message from someone who cannot comprehend what you are going through, it doesn't really, doesn't add to anything. Yeah, but you've, you've had an awful lot of symptoms and experiences. Yeah. And so you can really, it's all about appreciating what they're going through, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's really, really interesting. So you're going to sort of work on the social media side, do you think? Yeah. To grow it that way mm-hmm. that's really good I mean for the last probably 18 months I've been working really hard mm-hmm. to try and get my visibility increased on social media mm-hmm. um, and I've been developing uh, some courses but they're not courses that I teach 
their courses that people can come can do in their own time okay they're looking at so it explores things such as your personal identity your coping with your emotions and the sort of the ups and downs and understanding that this is normal to feel this way and then there's other kind of units that I'm well I was going to be developing looking at things like um what do you do with your days so not saying what do you do for jobs and working because not everybody wants to work Mm-hmm. but how do you work out what's right for you and what's your purpose and so that's something that I've been working on and then I got to the point where I actually started testing it with some people here in the UK and we were doing it using Zoom and then a video on YouTube and I got to the point where I couldn't do it I couldn't actually deliver those Zoom calls every week so yeah. I'm having to reevaluate and think, you know, how can I do this? And I think it's a case of doing it and recording it and then making it live yeah. rather than me saying, oh, well, I'll turn up every Tuesday afternoon and we can have yeah. a, a chat. Um, I'm not the right person to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's, try- it's trying to find... Uh, something that I can a way that I can do it because I think there's there's a gap that's out there for people there is um and I had in 2014 whether it's related to me taking I did take rebif I did take beta interferon whether it's related to that or not I don't know but I got a very rare cancer in my salivary glands just here Uh, my daughter was six and I just heard the word cancer and kind of I've been through all that side of facing my own mortality and, um, you know, deciding what to do and being very low and then having to come back out the other side. So I just think, you know, I've got so much that I want to share with people. Um, how, how, how did treatment go with that? Is it gone? Um we think so. We think it's gone. Um, when I went for the surgery, we didn't know it was cancer. I just knew it was a lump in mm-hmm. there. Um, so I went for a lump taking out and then 10 days later, mm-hmm. went back to see my consultant. And that's when he said, right, Bran, we've got a bit of a turn up for the books you've got. And he told me the name of it um, and didn't use the word cancer. A little scary um, word. Because it's a scary word. It's an, it's an awful word. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, I said, so that's cancer, is it? And he said, yes. So the surgery was invasive because it was affecting, you know, your nerves that run across your face. Mm-hmm. So they had to lift a lot of that. So it was a long recovery. And then I had six weeks of daily radiotherapy and then a massive relapse. Well, yeah, because your body would be yeah. weak. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of uh, really knocked things back as well. It's a different, it's a different way of looking at life. Yeah, when you've had that experience. So I'm just wondering if that what we can do together, how we can beat the drum for MS. 
<laughs> yes, it was actually really amazing to hear from you because I feel like what I'm doing not really reaching so far, you know, and and to actually get a message from somebody in the UK that was, that was actually a big deal for me, <laughs> you know, to connect with somebody so far yeah. away from from just my my little blog. <laughs> Yeah. Now it's it's amazing and um it's the power of social media, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes such a difference. <laughs> um so you know, I, I talk with people in um Mexico. Okay. I talk with people in India, um on only on social media. We've I don't yeah. think we've we've not done a, a Zoom call or anything. But yeah, I've got contacts and I'm growing them kind of worldwide. But I'm not doing a lot. I'm not doing a lot with those contacts. It's more just knowing that there's people there. And I think what you're saying about in the Caribbean, Trinidad and Tobago, it's almost it's awareness building, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is. It is. About about the condition. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit of that in the UK, but. There's a hundred and thirty thousand people around about that have it in the UK. Okay. So there's a, a lot more people that can talk about it. But you do wonder how many people in Trinidad and Tobago or you know, sort of anywhere in the Caribbean have potentially got MS, but they don't know about it. Yeah, because the, the diagnosis, that, that whole process, it can take a long time for some people. I, I honestly think I was lucky because I was diagnosed by my second attack. When I was 18, that was my second attack. The first one, nobody had a clue. But the second one was so major, it made them do the MRI one time. And that's how I was diagnosed. But I know I've actually spoken to someone who was diagnosed around the same time as me. But she went through so many things before they they stuck to that diagnosis of MS. She actually passed away already. Oh, no. Yeah, a few years, about I think in 2018. And she was my age. She was um, maybe a year older than me. And she passed away already. Her disease progressed. Um, Yeah. It was was much more aggressive. Yeah. 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 It is. It's so variable. And that's that's the true difficulty. Mm-hmm, because they can, there are so many different symptoms and doctors, MS might be the last thing they think about. I know that even in even in the UK, there are certain there are I help to train some doctors um, that go to Oxford University to medical school. So I'm involved with that. But I know that there are some doctors out there that think that MS is only something that affects women and women who are white. (laughs) And there's just no appreciation for the whole spectrum of people that get affected by it. You know, I heard that in my early days, that um, MS is a a disease that affects white people so it was like oh, oh what am, what is this then <laughs> because clearly you know I'm not yeah but that's interesting to hear that there are doctors that think like that 
there are there are and i've come across i've come across them okay yeah um, what did what did you do before before ms what career um, so i used to work uh for an international bank called santander so they're based in spain and um south america so but i was i was based in the uk and i worked in their head office so i I was always working in financial services. Okay. Um, and then after my daughter was born, so this was 2007, and I had a relapse following. I don't know if you had a relapse after you'd given birth, but um, I had that relapse that can often come when you have, uh, when you, when you, you, you give birth. So that's the point at which I really took a step back to work out what's important mm -hmm. and me and my husband we said you know what <laughs> your health and being able to look after our our baby our girl was more important than the career so I just kind of looked after her for a bit and then um, I trained to work and facilitate groups of adults who were going through difficult life transitions. So I actually worked with new parents just after the babies were born to help them transition. So I facilitated those discussions and I did that up until the point that I got told about this cancer. And then I couldn't, I could no longer really dedicate emotional energy to supporting anybody else. It's just, I yeah. needed to focus on my own. So I stopped doing that and then eventually recovered. And then I actually joined um, a direct sales company myself here in the UK um, because I realized actually self-employment was the only way and being in control of your own days and your own destiny and not having to ring up and say, I'm not feeling very well today. Can I work from home or can I have the day off? It, it's not it's not a nice feeling to be letting people down so again I worked out that that wasn't conducive to a positive life with MS and I'm really about having that positive life and so that's I worked out that is not benefiting so that has to change and self-employment became the only way so that's kind of my what I did with my work um, and so because I've put together ways for people to navigate life mm -hmm. transitions that's why I thought well with my personal experience my facing mortality of cancer and um, a life with MS that's why I thought I can bring all this together and do something with it yeah but it's it's hard going when you live with it as well. Because you can't be productive every day. <laughs> yeah. I actually wrapped up my book on Saturday, the writing part, but I still need to go through. And there's a few things I want to change, but my brother's working with me. He's doing the cover and putting together the book and stuff. And he was telling me some things I need to work on. I said, I say I cannot even look at the book for like the next week or two weeks. Just I just need to get my mind back because it's emotional, honestly. The writing, yeah. I've cried through many of the chapters writing it. 
so I need to do it a little bit at a time. I, I can't yeah. process yeah. every day. Yeah. I'm on my schedule, not anybody else's. So it helps. Yeah. And at, at least it's with your brother rather than yeah. um, somebody who's outside yeah. of your life. He yeah. understands. I yeah. have a, a couple of people who have come on my team and like they're, they're helping me with proofreading and things like that. And they're all friends who have known me from the beginning almost of my MS. Yeah. So yeah. they know, they understand. That's really good. So, so if you've got a good support network around you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. That's really good. Um, so is there anything else that we should talk about, do you think? So many things, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. How, how do you think we can, going forward, how do you think we can help? Um, uh, you might have I more. Can, we might have access to more information about MS. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Because I think it it would be really good to build some kind of international, um, an international community. Um, almost as it's almost like the countries that are on the periphery of uh, of the MS community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, there's a lot of awareness, action awareness that needs to happen, isn't there? Um, I can tell you something interesting though. Um, in Trinidad, even I told you the only since I started the social media, I've actually connected with a few people with MS and other illnesses as well. And these people have no interest in talking publicly. Uh, so they would follow my pages, my page on social media, and they would be inspired by certain things that I I do and you know, they would have bad days and they will communicate with me, they will text me, but they will not post on the page. They will not put themselves out there. Is that because their um, wound is still very early? Yeah. Some of them, yes. And some of them, I guess, in the same position I was in, in that you didn't want it out there. You didn't really you still choose to hold on to the normal life and you don't want to make this big show of your MS. So for yeah, us, yeah. That's, I think that's a culture. I don't know if it is for us only. That's a culture thing with the way people react to illness. Not very, not a very good thing, the way they react. Because, again, of the, of the way other people look at them and the way they, that they think of them, so my thing is, I want to change that. I would like people to understand that I am disabled. I have MS. It is horrible, but I can still do so much. I can still contribute so much. And and that is what I would like to push for us in the Caribbean. Mm. It's not a matter of I need to have a bed to lie down on and spend my days <laughs> in. It's not that at all. So you see how you're doing the 50 mile, the 50 mile um, journey with the group? 
things like that. Mm-hmm. I find that is amazing. I um I joined the seventy mile um walk, but that is for regular people. That is not something geared towards people with illnesses. The majority of people who are doing it is actually runners in the countries. Oh wow! Yeah. So they're really fit and healthy and exactly. And then there's me who would walk two miles and have to wet to rest for a week. Right? I want to. I actually am planning to do my own virtual walk to promote the release of the book. So the book I'm naming it, Conquering 20. That's 20 years of living with the MS. Okay. And I want to do a 20 mile challenge. And it is for everyone. Illness, whatever illness, whatever disability, it doesn't matter. You can walk half a mile a day, it doesn't matter, you know, just to promote that you can do it on your pace, it doesn't matter, but you can still reach a goal. And so that, that is my view to how I wanted to move things in locally or even the Caribbean, if it is possible. So it's changing people's perception. Yes. Yeah. And raising awareness as well. Exactly. And I guess until yeah. those two things happen, people are not going to be open about no. living with living with MS, are they? Because of the stigma. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So I almost feel as though I need to find people who maybe forty. 30, 40 years ago in the UK mm-hmm. might have been at a similar position. Yeah. Because uh, my dad's also got MS. Oh, okay. And he said to me um, when I was diagnosed, he didn't tell me at first. He'd lived, he lived with MS and told nobody. Him and his wife knew, and that's it. Okay. Um. And so he will have been at possibly a similar point um, Mm -hmm. where people did not accept disability and didn't know what the condition is and there was no support network, Mm -hmm. there were no specialists. And he just lived his life on his own in Mm -hmm. silence. And he chose to not tell people. And not everybody was the same, but it's almost understanding where where the UK came from mm-hmm. will help me to sort of understand, understand. my side. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i i do get I do get it, but it's changing it is that is a big thing. So you almost need sort of radio stations and lots of people to take your story, pick your story up. Yeah. Because you're willing to talk about it. I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. But as I say, little steps at a time because there's only so much I can do in one day. So it's like yeah. I'm doing this interview with you today and that will probably be my productive activity for the Absolutely. day. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. There's a new question that I've started asking everybody that I talk to. Um, 
and feel free to have a little think about it but in your MS life do you want to share about when the MS shit got real for you and for me it's like I just stood and wet myself (laughs) again that's normally my kind of thing that I think makes me remember that that's when my MS shit is real so I don't know if you've got anything so one a one moment would have I guess when I started the MS when I was 18 the paralysis that was the worst because I literally could not feed myself I could not walk I there was so much literally overnight just was taken away that was the worst part of my MS and you didn't even know it was MS no no I can't imagine how that would have felt thinking back at it honestly I don't know how I survived (laughs) mentally survived it but that was the worst part when I was 18 and you'll see me write about it in my book I stress on the fact that that was the point in my life where I was finally starting to become independent. I was becoming educated. So I had a, I was looking forward to my future and everything was literally taken away from me. Fatigue was such an issue. I was literally sleeping the entire day. My eyesight was affected. So it wasn't a matter of one one MS symptom hit me when I was 18. I literally got everything at once. Wow. Eyesight, tiredness, loss of use of my limbs, numbness, so much. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was the worst point, I think, in my life. Yeah. And that's when things got real for you. Yeah. And it got but the, fast. <laughs> but the reason that you did carry on through it is because you're an amazing person you know and you're a strong person and that was bloody hard you know when you're 18 years old and you're just about to embark on your life yeah oh wow I I had excellent support honestly I had my parents were amazing through it and I had friends, cousins, my brother, everybody would dare with me. I literally never spent my days alone because they were always around. And just that alone was a major factor for me because as soon as I was alone, which was maybe for just just a little portion of the night till I fell asleep, the horrible thoughts would come into my head and the depression and the suicidal thoughts but as I say when I wake up in the morning from the time my eyes open to probably the evening when I went to bed I was constantly surrounded by people who were making and talk and you know that was a big factor for me yeah Yeah. having that support network and feeling loved knowing that you were loved yeah yeah and even now because where I live now, I'm in my own home, but I am surrounded by my in-laws and I get the same support from them as well. So right now to do to do this podcast, I sent my kids 
to the auntie's house next door. So she's looking after them for a little bit so I can have some quiet. Um, if I if I can't cook for a day, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, whoever cooks, sends over food, I have no problems. I, I get a lot of support from them as well. So yeah, yeah that is uh, the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that is because you've obviously told people you've yeah. accepted it for yourself as well. Yeah. Um, it's made it makes such a difference if you've got that understanding support network around you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, how brave of you to do everything that you've done and to be where you are. So you are one fantastic person with MS. Thank you so much. (laughs) As much as I do, I still don't believe that about myself. But yeah. I think every day we have to remind ourselves that just doing, just getting up and doing the thought of taking on a day Mm -hmm. makes us such strong people. Every day when we've got MS, um, we have to be, I sort of say the podcast is the home of the MS action takers because we have to keep moving forward and we have to keep taking some action because if we don't do that, then the MS is going to get the better of us. Yeah. And 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 I'm I'm sure this is a factor for you as well, but the idea that our children could be affected by it in the future, I feel like I need to leave a better foundation in place for them yeah, so they don't yeah. have to go through as much as I had to go through. Yeah, I mean, hopeful that there'll be some results with some drugs at some point, or yeah. the HSCT gets more widely, uh, more widely available. But I think you're right. I'm really keen to make a positive impact and leave a positive legacy. And it sounds as though you are doing exactly that. And where can where where can people find your book? So I don't know how you putting it online or yeah. Well, I plan to publish on Amazon. So it's oh, okay. on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that would be. Uh, to order it for a printed copy a printed or, copy or I think you can set it up for kindle okay uh, a digital copy as well yeah okay so you've got kindle coming out and it's called conquering 20, 20 yes conquering yeah. 20 by Kath Partap um yeah you, yeah <laughs> yeah brilliant okay and I know you're going to send me your social media links and if you send me the link to your blog as well yes, and what I'll yes. do is I'll put them all into the show notes for this episode okay, and then amazing. we can share it and people yeah. can hear you and uh, hopefully spread the word as well thank yeah. you so much you are very amazing as well I must oh, say for all you. the things you have dealt with and to still be trying to do all that you're doing right now I thank I you. you I wish you the best with all your different endeavors it's really amazing (laughs) thank you you, but let's let's stay in touch yes of course yeah yeah so send me socials through and i'll let you know when we've got it ready yeah 
So I've loved uh, talking with you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you too. You All need right. To <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. I shall let you go and um, yeah. have a rest before you get your children back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. All right. Okay. Thank okay. you. Take okay. care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please, can you help to grow the audience? If you can subscribe, rate, review this podcast, it all helps. And if you'd like to get in touch or just send me an email, you can do that by emailing hello at multiple success dot co dot uk the address will also be in the show notes